What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the show. <laughs> I think that's a great start, actually. <laughs> Welcome to Design by Us, the show where we discuss how humans design the world. My name is Ravi Chohan, and with us, as always, is Search of the Searches. Okay, read you the channel. That's even worse than Blooming Tony Stark. <laughs> anyway, look, uh, we're here to talk about Google Search or Search in general. Part two. Part two. Part two. Part you haven't listened to part one of your. If you're new to this podcast, feel free to go ahead and start with part one. Yeah, would you recommend that? It's just different topics. It depends on what you're interested in. Well, I think we covered some pretty foundational stuff. I'd say the holy trinity of Google. Yeah. Algorithm, SEO, ads. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's a great base to jump into the other cool topics um, that we want to discuss, which include search engine results pages, right? These are some of the most kind of like what I was saying last time around Google search being such a foundational part of the journey. Search engine result page. It's a really big deal. Um, and we'll also talk about maybe the future of search. And but the what, scariest thing... What is outside Google as well? There's nothing outside of Google, but the scariest thing... Is. But the, yeah, sca- the scariest thing, and I'm not sure if I'm ready for this part of the conversation, is the world before Google. And the world after Google. Nah, there won't be a world after. You think so? Nah. When Google, there always is a world dude, after Google. When Google will go, it'll be the heat death of the universe. 100%. Anyway, um, so look, I want to start off with just a bit of a weird topic, mm-hmm. right? Um, I feel like... Last week, we were quite critical of Google, right? Especially around SEO. And I'd like to continue that. <laughs> okay. I wasn't critical at all. I think I, school has a great responsibility and they make trade-offs. I was. So. I was. And here, let, well, me, let me let me kind of outline kind of a thing that they did, all right. which was like not a, which is the wrong set of trade-offs, right? Okay, tell me. <clears throat> we're talking the, the right language now. Why Same that? language. It's trade-offs. Trade-offs. You don't make right or wrong decisions. You just trade offs. Yeah. Okay. And they made the wrong trade offs. So right. it was the wrong decision. Okay. And I and I've got evidence for this. Right. Right. Gone. So look, basically, do you ever remember back in the day, like maybe I don't know five ten years ago, more like five years ago, mm-hmm. um, googling something on your phone, getting to a page that didn't look like the actual website that you were trying to visit. Instead, you were taken to like a cut down experience of that page. Cut down experience. Five so, to ten years ago. Five years ago, maybe on your phone. So let's say like you're searching for like a news article. Okay. Maybe let's say something happy like, I don't know, new study shows that dogs are great. Okay. Okay. And then you find a garden article. You think, oh, great. I can't wait to read about how dogs are great. You tap on the link and then you think you're going to go to the Guardian website, but you kind of get to a page where the Guardian logo is at the top and then it's just text. A little oh, bit wow, and wow. an ad and an ad. Of course, it's Google. There'll be an ad. I don't remember that. No? No. Okay, right. Well, there's this whole thing called accelerated mobile pages, right? Okay. And what Google had created was like a new standard for optimized mobile pages that load faster, right? The idea is how can we create a better experience for, yeah. for, uh, you know, our users? And, you know, as we know, mobile is everything. I think about half, I guess, I don't know, I'm, I'm guessing, but I think about half or more than half of searches on mobile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I would agree. So basically what they did is they created this new standard and told everyone, if you want your website to rank with us, you need to have AMP, accelerated mobile pages, mm-hmm. right? Um, and these pages were basically, yeah, like I said, they were, they were cut down, you know, it's basically just text, images in quite a standardized format with ads, right? Yeah. Um, and for me, this, re- I, would, I hated it at the time and I was glad it went away in April 2021 because basically what happened was the following because Google are like look we're going to rank you we're not going to rank you as highly mm-hmm. unless you've got these uh accelerated mobile pages everyone had to do it okay yeah which kind of meant that again every web page looked the same and yeah. I feel like what I was getting at with that is that you know it should be creative the web should be creative like it should be having fun and that kind of thing right but it, basically what it did is it, it gave uh, Google way too much control um, and it's insane how much Google can like just change the way the internet is built. They got, because of this, two 
billion accelerated mobile pages were created. Yeah. And just correct me if I'm wrong, but you wouldn't have to click on the website itself or you will just see a... To you as the user, you're about to, you're on the Guardian website. Whereas if you look at the URL, it's like amp.guardian.com. But does the Guardian have control of what that website looks like? They do, but they, they're basically told you have to build this page in this way, otherwise we won't rank it. Okay. Do you see what I mean? Um, and it was really, really bad because like people would, like if you if you like copied that URL and I sent it to you and you opened it on your desktop, yeah, then it would create like a weird experience for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and also like, the monetization opportunities that the Guardian might be putting into their website mm -hmm. aren't there because Google are like, we just want to see an ad. Yeah, that's what I mean. Preferably ours. Yeah. Um, and we just want to see the content and that's it. But from, from a broader perspective, it makes sense because when you have low bandwidth internet or low resolution screens, like Google is just trying to figure out what's the best experience for those users. That's just defending Google. But at the same time, limiting the control of the actual supplier of information, the Guardian, is a bit tricky. Because exactly. then, then you can monopolize even more. Because yeah. you're not only monopolizing the ranking, but you're also monopolizing what is inside those pages. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly that. Exactly that. And uh, I know, right? Because Google got a bunch of criticism and turned it off in April 2021. Oh, wow. Yeah. April 20. What was the criticism? Well, the criticism was at, at, like you could only monetize in a certain way that Google mm -hmm. wanted you to. A lot of people saw their ad revenue decline. Although it's important to say that some people did see it basically stay the same. And also it just made the web boring. And also it created a bad experience where people were sharing links, say, for example, on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. They all look the same, right? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I actually didn't know about this. AMP. Yeah. Accelerated AMP. mobile pages. Yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah. um, let's let's move on. Yeah, I think there is a if you even jump a bit before Google, mm -hmm. yeah, that's actually what I was looking for. But basically, if you jump before Google, mm -hmm. there were other pe other people in the search space. Google was what in like nineteen ninety eight is when they started their yeah. first index. That's insane, by the way. Yeah, long time ago, right? Like twenty five okay, well, years okay, ago, not that long ago. Oh, twenty five years ago, yeah, like just not that long ago. No, in the history of things, no. Yeah. But in the history of like where we have got from yeah. 25 years ago to today. 25 isn't old. What, for the evolution that we have done. For, I don't know, human age with birthdays coming up, 25 isn't old. <laughs> right. I'm going to leave our personal things aside. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm just telling you. 26, 20, 26 is old. 24 onwards is downhill, <laughs> man. I'm telling you. Uh, but anyway, regardless, 25 years ago, yeah. we had the world pre-search. Or what people think the world pre-search is. Mm -hmm. It's actually not true. Before search, before Google came up, there were other search engines, and I'm saying that in quotes because it's just a completely different experience, mm -hmm. that tried to solve the same problem, which is when you type something in a box, mm -hmm. how can we give you the best result? Mm -hmm. And in search as an algorithm has existed for 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 since computers exist. Like people have been trying to search for something on certain search as an algorithm pre-exists computers. Is that what you're saying? As an algorithm to match things. Yeah. Yes. Like as a concept. As a concept. As yeah. something that people want to do with information. Yeah. Yeah. And then we start like imagine you just had flashcards and you 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 had a set of flashcards. <laughs> this is exactly <laughs> what Google is like <laughs> like flashcards was like the pinnacle of technology. But this is what <laughs> exactly Google. <laughs> you, what is it? So the set of casted method right yeah, so yeah, yeah, you yeah. have a bunch of flashcards and you organize them in, in a way mm -hmm. so whenever you have a query you can find that query the fastest way possible mm -hmm. basically the organization of the flashcards is the index yeah, yeah, yeah. and then yeah, the yeah, query yeah. is just you trying to figure out the information right yeah, so yeah. anyway so that as a concept and then you computers came up and then you start translating that into programming and code and then there were these two companies which i found super interesting mm -hmm. uh one is aliweb nice. right but aliweb only focus as as you might remember in the previous episode they only google is made of three main algorithms, which is crawl, index, and rank. 
mm-hmm. Aliweb was basically creating the most optimal index that okay. people could use. And so, not browse. Not browse. That's the difference. Right. Okay. Right. Because the, the, the concept that the innovation, in my opinion, was the three things put together that you can crawl websites real time. You can index them and sort them in a way, and then you can serve them to the user in a useful manner. Mm-hmm. Aliweb only focuses focused on indexing. Imagine like creating a huge encyclopedia. Yeah. Right. You create a huge encyclopedia of content, but you not real user could just access it like that, if that makes sense. Because remember, the internet didn't really exist. So you will have to go download the index or go to a computer in like some library that will have access to the index. All right. Lay out for me as if I'm a user. Like, what does it look like? That's the problem. Like, is that there's not really a user interface. Like, there was a, there were different iterations of the user interface. All oh, right. But there is not a, a text box that got simplified by Google, for example. It would be basically like an encyclopedia of things, of web pages. Okay. So that was the first business. So like a model. big list of. Yeah, of things. Yeah, okay. All right, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah, like you're browsing. That's what I mean. Like you're not, you're not, there's no box where you can search and it will be like, oh, this is the most relevant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You're just browsing page. I have to go, if I want to learn about dogs, I have to go to D, click into animals. If it's organized, pets. If, if dogs is even a term in yeah. the encyclopedia. Dogs, dogs yeah. is a term. <laughs> okay. Come on, that's like a top. You never know, man. Never know. Anyway. That's a top 200 concept in people's minds. Dog. Yeah. Yeah, depends where you live, but yeah, probably. But anyway, the second one, which I found really interesting, is one called InfoSec. InfoSec. Mm-hmm. And I found it really interesting because that one was pretty much what Google was trying to do. But then it was acquired by Disney mm-hmm. and it became go.com. Mm-hmm. Google, uh, sorry, Google. Disney bought a bunch of like tech companies yeah. in the early 2000s, didn't Yeah, they? and imagine the world could have gone to a, in a completely different way. Imagine like Disney had actually made go.com evolve yeah. into something like Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The world would be different. But anyway, yeah. um, what happened was that Disney acquired this company, InfoSeek, to become the search engine of um, of older content uh, across parks, across internally in the company, mm-hmm. externally for, for... I remember that time you had like Disney Channel, Disney XD, and all of those things. So internally within the company, like search will be really powerful. Mm-hmm. So like, how do you find all of this content that is actually video and audio and like, how do you translate and all of those things? So that was, that's what basically it powered. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are some links in the show notes if you want to read more about it. But to me, it was super interesting that Disney was just like, yeah, well, you know what? We're going to buy a search engine. Mm-hmm. And actually, they didn't realize the power that it could have. Yeah. yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and th- that gets me to the point that search within your website is also like super powerful. And mm-hmm. like there is a whole business around it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you open source like a search tool mm-hmm. um, because actually most of the time when you search within a website you're usually pretty much using yeah exactly something like Agolia mm-hmm. or any other search tool so that's another business that actually we didn't dive into last time but it's just like all of these search APIs that you can just use yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah. super interesting as well yeah but anyway so that's the past of search any thoughts or questions no not really it's just that I'll, I'll be honest I find it tough to imagine using the internet before searching right however actually I do say that but Maybe when I was like using the internet for the first time in the very recent, extremely recent, and it's not that long ago, mm-hmm. just to be clear. Yeah, yeah. now yeah. you're very young. Right? Yeah, yeah. You're Two, a baby. 2005 mm. um, or 2006. Um, it's probably when I first started using a computer. I do remember just like, I'm just going to go onto the internet, click around. Do you know what I mean? Whereas now it's like, I know what I want. Get me to the thing that I want. Whereas before, you know, you just have a browse. But isn't that amazing though? Yeah. I sometimes miss that. You just yeah. go, you just go there, use minigames.com, play some video games, and then you're like, oh man, what do I do now? I'm just gonna go what's up in, on this website called YouTube that just came out that yeah. didn't have much videos, and you start oh, going and, and, and then you get some comments. Oh, that's a cool link. Yeah, yeah. Oh, now I'm reading about this, and then 
And then you go to cartoonnetwork.com and you're like, oh, look, they're going to roll out a new series or there's a new video game about Ed, Ed and Freddy or something like that. That was my childhood, pretty much. Question. All right. Do we miss being kids or do we miss the early internet? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the idea of browsing without intent. And to be honest, I think that's, that's a beautiful thing that kids have is yeah. that you have time to be bored and to just be like, all right, let's see what's up in the world. And you just start browsing and exploring. And that happens with everything. It happens pre-internet. It's like, oh, let's see what I have. Oh, there is a garden down there. Let's see. I'm bored. Let's see what's up in the garden. And then you start looking and finding like really intrinsic things in like a garden. This episode took a turn. Yeah. Um, let's, yeah, talk, yeah. Let's, let's talk about... So we look, okay, fine. So... All right, too deep. Let's, let's go no, back. No, it's not search. too deep. It's not too deep. I just... I'd rather not be reminded of the fact that, you know, my childhood is over. And I've our listeners. So let's move on. Uh, evolution of search engine result pages, right? Mm-hmm. So kind of teases at the beginning of the episode. Let me give you a very quick rundown All right. of what these pages look like. And by the way, listeners, there's a great, great article, I guess, uh, in the uh, episode description. Um, and you will find something around uh, a visual history of SERPs. So search engine results pages. And to be really clear, what is a SERP, right? It's actually it's actually the page that you get to once you've pressed search. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's that list of, the, the nickname for it is 10 blue links. Yeah. Right. Anyway, basically it hasn't really changed that much, but it's changed a huge amount. Okay, mm-hmm. so look, fundamentally you're getting a list of links. In 2004, uh, they started introducing local results for the first time. So if that makes sense. So 2004, kind of, yeah. So basically saying, all right, you're searching for like plumbing. By the way, we're going to show you like plumbers on the left-hand side for local stuff or stuff that's relevant to you. Uh, 2005, big, big, big change. The idea of a universal search. So you know how on a Google Google search you've got, you know, your kind of like text, images, videos, news, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff is like top tabs. In 2005 was when the first time when they started bringing in bits of content from all of those other tabs onto that main page that you get to. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, in 2008, big, big change. You've got Google Suggest which is them basically suggesting things for you to search. So okay. you start typing a query, then it's like, oh, do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want this? Yeah. Which is insane. Okay, we take that for granted. Yeah, yeah. But that's a cool feature. Yeah, especially when it's real time. Yeah. Right? Like in your yeah, location, yeah, 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 a lot yeah. of people are searching for this, yeah, then you yeah. might be liking, likely looking, search, searching for this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and again, look, these are, these are kind of very high level. Like you could go into that and like trending searches and they'll like, like, I think they even mark out training searches now, whatever the case may be. You know, this is just a high level. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think we could actually go into a whole episode about like how that algorithm works and the impact it has had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it became natural, right? Like, autocomplete for your keyboard and when you type on your yeah. mobile. Like, it's just like a natural behavior. Autocomplete in Gmail, like, right. Yeah, it's a natural behavior yeah. that we expect. Yeah. It's a feature uh, that competitors need to... Put, you put kind, it's like, do you want to say regards? Press tab, bang. Yeah. Job done. Yeah. Anyway, look. In 2009, big change, Yeah. rich snippets. So it started bringing you more information from yeah. the page that it was going to take you to. So a bit more description, maybe even a little bit more of a of an image as well. And but the, the big thing was in 2012, right? Hmm. Which is the knowledge graph slash instant answer, right? So I search, how old is Madonna, right? Mm-hmm. Now, instead of like getting a link, before I would have gotten a link to like Wikipedia, Mm-hmm. which then I'd go to the right-hand side of Wikipedia, see age, you know, yeah. birthday, whatever. Now it would just tell me. Yeah. Right? And it's really, really, really interesting how they do this. Basically, they've got their own database 
called knowledge graph which mm -hmm. allows them to give them the instant answer right yeah. and it's like i wouldn't say it's crowdsourced but it's like scraped information from across the web um and as of 2023 it knows about 8 billion different entities whatever an entity is like a musician a football team an artist you know a celebrity a, you know or a, a replace or a type of food or you know if you start like multiplying all these categories out yeah, you yeah. get to 8 billion pretty quickly right and <laughs> there are 800 billion facts contained in knowledge graph wow so 800 like 800 billion you know madonna's birthday is this um cristiano ronaldo's height is this yeah, yeah you know london's population is this you know whatever right and again of course it wouldn't be me talking about google without a criticism oh wow yeah right and that criticism is that when they rolled out this feature, traffic to Wikipedia went down. And arguably, I don't think anyone really knows for sure, but a lot of this information probably is from Wikipedia anyway. Yeah. So basically, Wikipedia are missing out on the opportunity to monetize that content by collecting donations so it can keep running. By the way, Wikimedia Foundation is a flawed organization as well. They're not saints, but that's a separate conversation. But basically, the, 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 the content website misses out on the click and the monetization monetization opportunity yeah yeah it provides the value but google has basically gone through that whole wikipedia page copied madonna's birthday pasted it into their spreadsheet and then when someone searches it shows that line item from the spreadsheet there are so many interesting things in that uh, comment that you made i think number one is the eight billion entities or eight, eight no 800 billion facts yeah as to march 2023 because when you actually try to build this i would argue that you will probably try to go with things that one change like madonna's birthday one change yeah or you can't really have uh dynamic things or like you know what i mean you can't have dynamic data in there so that's a point interesting point number one but point is it though like you just have to like obviously you wouldn't be like i don't know what's the real time i was gonna say weather but that's a really poor example um but like you wouldn't say like what's the population of london today versus tomorrow if that makes sense like I, no but you could type london yeah. and then you could type you could have London, located in England, that won't change. Located, uh, uh, I don't know, surface area, whatever, that might change depending on global, global warming. And then you can have population, and population could be since, uh, I don't know, in the 2017 census or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? um, th those are things that you update like once every couple of years. But anyway, that's part number one. Mm -hmm. Part number two, I think the idea of Wikipedia traffic going down because they got no clicks, it's also super interesting. Because I think that knowledge graph is the exact same exact same result in terms of impact in the market like no click results that will you we will see with ai we saw only what at x percent well 12 percent you said or am i making that up of wikipedia's traffic going down oh i didn't say by how much okay yeah anyway i probably made that up yeah but uh yeah it's the same it's the same result or behavior in the in the market that i found really interesting yeah another criticism that i saw it's my final thought on the knowledge graph is that apparently they have you, is the, the idea of bias or like bias information or do you see that yeah 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 well what i'm referring to is basically apparently you have things like buddha or or like any other deity and in, uh, in in many religions but you don't when you type jesus no one really appears or things like that right okay so if you type for example buddha mm -hmm. uh, you will see a, a knowledge graph or that section on the right hand side and they will give you all the exp explanation but if you type jesus it won't there are reasons of why and why not that right. could happen? I mean, right. not many people are called Buddha, but so maybe when you type Jesus, there are other results that people might be looking for. They're looking for a specific person. Person, yeah. But anyway, so it's super interesting as well when you make those product decisions and trade-offs. It's right? not even product decisions. If you're making a... If you're making what, tell me. When you, when, when, you when, when somebody claims to know anything, 
like anything at all. I had spaghetti carbonara last night for dinner. Yeah. You know, that's a big deal. And it's, e- it's an even bigger deal when someone says, I know 800 billion facts about 8 billion things. Do you know what I mean? And you're going to get criticized. Like, because you, you, you're basically saying, I know more than everyone else. And you have to be right for this kind of thing to work. What do you mean? Like, you either get it right all the time or you don't roll it yeah. out? Yeah. I know, which is, which is unreasonable, right? And it's kind of stupid to say. But, like, my point is, is that, like, you know, they're very much, you know, you're basically saying that we are information that point a really interesting thing that i'm just searching now yeah <laughs> so there is no knowledge graph for jesus christ yeah but there is a sort of knowledge graph for the gospel of the flying spaghetti monster which is a book and it understands that it's not a book the flying spaghetti monster is a is a is a deity in one of the in one religion oh right yeah yeah but no the gospel of the flying spaghetti monster is a book which is what it's showing in the novel. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, that's super interesting. But anyway, so bias is also a big problem. Yeah, 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 bias, bias. Bias, bias will always be a thing, even yeah. with AI results. Claiming to know anything is problematic. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You will get criticized for it. Yeah, fair enough. Interesting thought. Anyway, and then after knowledge graph, what happened? AI, maybe? AI? Yeah. I think, well, before we jump into AI, AI we can discuss for a while, is the idea that search... Well, competitors to Google are not only Bing. What else is Bing? DuckDuckGo? Yeah, you're right. Sandex. I know where you're going with this. It's uh, actually social media, arguably. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just the way that people change, the the way that people search is changing. Yeah. Um, And basically what makes that really interesting is looking at the idea of like social search. Yeah. I'll give you a few use cases, right? I want to cook dinner, Mm -hmm. right? If I search on Google for spaghetti carbonara recipes, oh my God, oh my days, it's painful, right? It's hard because you go to a page and they've had to add like, they can't just write the recipe because it's crap for SEO. So they have to put like paragraphs and paragraphs of rubbish about like, oh, this is my journey about spaghetti carbonara. And you know, this is why I love spaghetti carbonara Mm -hmm. and using keywords and all that kind of stuff. So they rank highly. If I want to, and I don't even get to see them make it, right? Then conversely, go to YouTube, spaghetti carbonara recipe, see a five minute video, watch it on two times speed. Boom, now I know how to watch now I know how to make spaghetti carbonara in two and a half minutes. Yeah. Okay. And I get all that extra information about seeing what it looks like in the pan yeah. and stuff like that. Another use case. I'm going to Hong Kong, right? I don't want to, you know, I could search like best place to go to Hong Kong. Then I've got to go to Google search best place to go to Hong Kong. And then I arrive on this web page and it's one of these websites we have to click next. So it's like multiple pages and then there's slow to load and there's ads everywhere and stuff like that. And by the way, it doesn't really work too well on your phone anyway because mm-hmm. the cookie notices the bottom half of the page, right? So I just go to Instagram, search Hong Kong, see what the top rated places are. You search locations, yeah. see what pictures of it, what it looks like there and have yeah, a really yeah. organic exploration of that place, right? So there are places or there are use cases, excuse me, where searching on social media is better. Mm-hmm. And to give you a stat here, 82% of all generations prefer to search on social media than a search engine for some queries. 82% of all generations. And it, the reason why they're saying all generations is because the page I'm talking about, which is in the show notes, by the way, it shows that basically millennials and no, not yeah. millennials, like Gen Gen Zs, Gen Zs, like uh, more of it started to go on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My sister, like she finds places to eat and places to go. Yeah. Through Instagram. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Like they come to London and they're like, oh yeah. So this place, the bagel place. Yeah. You know the bagel place that is like the bagel place in London. Yeah. 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 She's like, oh, I want to go to the bagel place. I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. The bagel place is probably where, near where, where you guys live. And I was like, what, what bagel place? I was like, no, I found her on Instagram. Yeah. But it's super interesting. Yeah. Um, another thing that I, that I, that I came across and this actually, you put this idea in my head. I don't know how I got there. Um, but it's the idea that most product based searches occur on Amazon. 
Yeah. So yeah. you would consider Amazon a competitor. Like Google doesn't really have the power now anymore or 100% of the power to say, okay, you should buy this product because now Amazon with Amazon recommended, like Amazon knows all your purchases behavior and so on, has the power to also yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, super interesting on competition of search. One last what? thing on competition. Yeah. Did you know that Google pays Apple like $8 billion, 8 to $15 billion per year to be the default on Safari across the Mac and the iPhone? The default search engine? Yeah. Hmm, that's interesting. Eight billion. Eight, eight to 15. No one really knows exactly, but it's interesting. And do you know, that's actually, that's a significant number, right? It's actually, depending on which number you take, it's like maybe between five and 10% of Apple's gross profits every year for doing yeah. nothing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting because if Apple really wants to get into the search engine market or they want to release a new AI that messes up with like a, a superpower Siri, right? Um, that you just ask Siri, whatever, and then you just get a result. result. Then they lose 10% of the gross profit. Gross profit yeah. I'm surprised it's allowed, to be honest. Like, yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky. And yeah. it's it, all this bureaucracy like stops product innovation. Yeah. Because yeah. then, okay, we want to develop a new product. Oh, yeah. it needs to generate on the go yeah. 8 billion like, yeah. Yeah, launch yeah. date, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's um, bureaucracy. And because Samsung don't get paid by Google to be the default, uh, Samsung apparently now is considering switching to Bing. Apparently, Bing will chuck over a few billion to Samsung as of like last month. These rumors started. Oh wow! So yeah, interesting stuff. There you go. So Bing and AI. Do you want to talk about Bing and AI? No, we don't really need to talk about Bing and AI. But I think the future of search with like no click results is gonna be really it's gonna be really interesting because it will change the whole dynamics between like all of this ecosystem that we just talked about. SEO industry is being generated. Um, search engines. Like how search engines actually work, the, how the algorithm works, like all of those things are in risk of changing over the next six months, mm -hmm. right? And yeah, like that's going to be super interesting. Again, another thing is when you search on your iPhone, and most people, a lot of people have iPhones, when you search on your iPhone and you set on the top, you know, when you, for example, you search... Spotlight search. Yeah, spotlight search. And then the results appear with the, without you having to click something. I, arguably, that's like the same impact that we will see with AI coming up, yeah, yeah. right? Like iPhone has like such a big power in the in in the phone market that yeah, you don't have to click results anymore. And I'm really curious to see what's coming. What are yeah. your predictions? I think look, ten years from now, what does search look like? Right? Yeah. I think that's the question that we're asking. And I really feel like when I think the concept of search to find the web page where the answer is is just gonna go away. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's not I'm not gonna be searching for the destination that has my answer. I'm just gonna be searching for the answer, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like I don't wanna know oh what website has got the best spaghetti carbonara recipe. I just want to get the spaghetti carbonara recipe, if that makes sense. I think that's that's actually not 10 years. I think that's probably like a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think if we go a bit further, from my opinion, this is my prediction, we're going to have like an insane multimodal search where you can search images, text, videos, places, AR experiences, quotes, maths, book, you can do all of that in one go. Like at the moment, we are reliant on text. Mm -hmm. And I could see a world where you just search, find me the video or the podcast where Ravi said X, Y, Z about search. And then it will show up and it will give you the snippet and it will give you the exact time where you said this without mm -hmm. you having to, to add any extra markup in the episode, right? Because right now, those that's how it's added at the moment. Yeah, but no, but that's it. But that's what I mean. I don't think people are going to be searching for find me the episode where Ravi says this. They'll just be like, what are some bullshit opinions about X? And then Ravi will appear. Yeah, yeah. No, no, Ravi won't appear. Then the AI will just be like, oh, I've scraped the, I've scraped the internet for idiots. And... <laughs> 
<laughs> this guy came up, but we don't even need to show the fact that this guy came up to the user. We just need to take his words. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And make it there. Yeah. Give the answer rather than give the destination. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair enough. And then what would happen if that's the case, if you give the answer without having the destination, mm-hmm. what would a whole... Man, exactly. All right, go on. I know what you're going to say. Go on, beset. In case I'm I was going to say the whole business on ads and the whole business, the whole local businesses that rely on Google, what will happen? Okay, that's not what I was going to say. We'll right. come back to that. But basically, like, the real question then is what happens to the concept? And this might get a bit English literature. All right, so just relax. All right, I'll try. Open your I'll heart. Do my best. Okay. <sighs> what happens to the concept of knowledge or knowing things? Yeah. Because like, our whole more. thing, our whole frame of, like, reference of knowledge is... It's like index cards. It's written down on this index card. And whether that index card is a piece of paper, whether it's con- it's a piece of paper in a book, whether it's basically a piece of paper stored on a on a hard drive mm-hmm. in the form of a website, like we ascribe like authority to these pieces of papers. Yeah. And now in the future, like there's nothing we can point to and say, this is true because that thing says it. Yeah. It's more like it's true because so-and-so said it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the AI said it, so therefore it's true, which is like God. It's like God. So the AI then created us. Um, no, man, I would I would go more to the point that we're going to have to force regulate. This is my ideal scenario. We'll have to force regulate in the next two years. Mm-hmm. Force regulation so people have... So AIs need to say where they're getting the information from and you still need to reference. Do you reckon? Like a chain of custody for information. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. <clears throat> because then you're going to get into really a lot of trouble. And if we don't do that, we're going to get into... As a society, we're going to get into a lot of trouble. Like... Uh, you can ask really ethical questions about like who should win the elections in in the U.S. in the next couple of years. Yeah, who should yeah. I vote for? Yeah, and then you're gonna be like, oh, Biden is the one that has a is winning the the ballots or something like that. Yeah, and then you're gonna be like, all right, I'm gonna vote for Biden because <laughs> I want to be on the winning team. You know, like <laughs> a lot of really random stuff like this could happen, and yeah, super it's super dangerous. But anyway, yeah, but this is it. It's the it's the it's the end of knowledge. But anyway, I want to pick up that thing you said about ads. Mm-hmm. What were you going down there? Because I don't think we unpacked that properly. Well, but there is a whole industry and business that is at risk of changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and always when things change, isn't change is not necessarily bad. But if you are not ready or trained for it, mm-hmm. then then you're at risk of like of, of not evolving on the curve and just like staying. And I do think that we need to do some efforts on retraining number mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. and number two figuring out a way and i'm sure google because it is in google's interest to do this like the whole ads business relies on small businesses paying them so they show up in some some results small and big businesses yeah big businesses yeah. as well yeah so it's on google's interest to f- lead the industry to make sure that happens and that goes that direction so that's why i think having authority in your website and, and reference in your website is still going to be a thing because Google need, I, I don't see any other solution. Google might need to push it towards that direction. I don't know. I think maybe it's worth making the distinction between two different types of searches, like searches for knowledge, where mm-hmm. knowledge graph, AI, that kind of thing. It's just going to go to the what's this kind of like universal truth that we all accept because it's the AI that told us that it was true, right? Yeah. Versus let's call them more action-oriented searching. I need to go to the hair salon. I need to find the grocery shop. I need to find the plumber. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But then what, what would be the difference between two, two things? Knowledge that we all accept. Like, who is all? Like, what if we I ask about Jesus Christ and then it's like, oh, I have no reference about Jesus Christ. So that, hence it didn't exist. That's problem number one. And problem number two, if you ask an AI, oh, hair salons are near me, mm-hmm. and then the AI might recommend you some, then you can use the same idea of sponsored and non-sponsored and all of that. No, but, but what, I'm say- what I'm saying is like, what if Google becomes the place 
that it's more about kind of like here's how you interact with the real world and here's how you find things in the real world and i know some sort i mean google obviously hopes it's them but let's say like ai chat and that kind of stuff is more about let me find something out like information knowledge wise whereas like google search as we understand it will evolve more into let me find the place let me find the product let me find the physical thing if that makes sense hmm. do you see what i mean yeah I don't, i'm not really bought into that vision i think it's very dangerous no i'm not but... saying it's good i'm saying it's likely yeah like where like you know say for example if i'm like right i'm buying a new phone yeah <laughs> That's a poor example. I'm buying a guitar. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. And, you know, should I buy a Fender guitar or should I buy a Gibson guitar? Okay, two brands. I asked the AI, you know, hey, I'm thinking about buying a guitar. Which guitar would you recommend? I like playing this type of music. These are the things that I'm looking for. Great. Well, you could buy this Fender who was played by Jimi Hendrix and you could buy this Fender which was played by Jimmy Page, right? But then to actually buy the guitar... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Am I then going to search guitar stores or am I going to search for buy guitar model near me in London? Or do you know what I mean? Or is the AI itself just going to be like, oh, I found you a place to go and... Yeah, the AI itself. Yeah. Like, it's super easy for them to just say, oh, and here's a great place where you can buy it 100 meters from your house. Yeah. Or do you want me to order it for you? Or you want me to order it for you yeah. even better, yeah. And find the best price. I think that's very dangerous, number one. And number two, or it's not dangerous, but it's just a huge change that I don't think we're ready for as a society. Mm-hmm. I don't have... I don't think we have enough people retrained for that and etc. What I'm really bought into is in the idea, I'm really more into the vision of Microsoft on, on their implementation of AI as a co-pilot and as a helper mm-hmm. rather than a, oh, we'll give you the answer to everything and we are the single source of truth for the things you ask. How different are those things? A co-pilot and a helper. If you enjoyed this show. Oh, wow. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> if you enjoyed this show, uh, share it with your friends. Uh, if you didn't enjoy this show, share it with someone that you uh, don't like. Um, you can find out more about uh, the show on Design. That's our website. And there you'll find links for uh, our Twitter pages, my name Luigi's, and also the shows uh, on Twitter at designbios underscore FM. If you want to support us, um, you can go to bios.design and click on the Patreon link. And there we use every pound that we get to invest right back into the podcast. And we also engage with our awesome community which you can gain access to by supporting us on Patreon. Don't forget to rate us five stars, thumbs up. And leave a review. And leave a review on whatever podcast player that you're talking to. And if you are using ChatGPT or Bard uh, in the next few days, just leave a good word for us. Think twice. All right, see you next time. See you next time.